Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour. Welcome to the About That Life podcast. I'm Will Ramirez. And I'm Octavia Ramirez. And uh, we are coming to you live from Paris. The beautiful city of Paris. The city of lights. Yes. Um, more on Paris a little bit later. We've been here for a couple of days celebrating our anniversary. Uh, but first of all, I want to start off by thanking everyone and you, my beautiful, lovely wife, <laughs> for throwing me that wonderful birthday surprise party. Yes. Which was actually spoiled as we were recording the previous episode. Yeah, it was. <laughs> Surprise or not, it was great to have everyone there and, you know, see a lot of faces. We've packed a lot of people into our little apartment. Yeah, about 30 people, actually. Yeah, and despite the fact, if you listened to last week's show, talking about introverts, uh, I was not hating every moment of it and not looking for an exit strategy. I was actually enjoying it yeah and uh it was nice to have all those friends and family and that's the i think that's what made it what makes it enjoyable is that it's friends and family and not just a random party with random people there must have been some introverts there who were like get me out of here yeah who were planning their exit as soon as they got there um but i hope everyone had fun i certainly did and thank you for that you're welcome i love throwing parties as you know uh but this one was a particular challenge um, just because it was a surprise birthday party. It was supposed it was, to be. It was supposed to be. At least that was the plan. Um, but yeah, it's funny because so for our listeners, we when we were recording our podcast last week, my sister-in-law texted me and um, just asking like, oh, just something about the surprise, about the party. And she was actually in on helping me with the, mm-hmm. you know, organization. of. You everything. need an accomplice in any good she was my Yeah, she was my accomplice. And so I realized that, okay, I wasn't really doing the best job of being, is it conspicuous is the word? Inconspicuous. Inconspicuous. Because I had a feeling, because I had been texting her and a few other people just to kind of organize everything. And so I had a feeling that, okay, maybe I shouldn't be doing this via text. Mm -hmm. Because I had a feeling that the iMessage was linked to my laptop as well. Mm -hmm. And lo and behold, that's exactly what happened is she texted me while you're on my computer. And you got sloppy, Ramirez. <laughs> you got sloppy. Yeah. And anyway, she was asking something. She didn't say like for the surprise birthday party for Will. She didn't like. <laughs> she wasn't that like uh, upfront about it. But like he put two and two together. And the crazy thing is that you kept like going on about <laughs> like acting like you didn't know what was going on. Mm-hmm. And like that was the craziest thing. So like the Friday was so hectic for me just trying to organize like okay i gotta clean the apartment i gotta get everything set up and decorated and whatnot and ready for you know because my sister-in-law was going to come over and kind of be the host of the party while Mm -hmm. i was i guess distracting you Mm -hmm. and so like that was just so stressful that whole day plus it was on the like brink of our like vacation and thanksgiving weekend and thanksgiving weekend just turns out that friday work was also so crazy that day yeah and just trying to be and i'm not very good at being like covert and like secretive like i'm an open book so i was like my biggest stress was just trying to keep a straight face when i'm with you yeah and you did not help the cause (laughs) okay there's a couple things here okay first of all this whole thing i mean not this whole thing but like i would have never found out if prior to recording last week's episode you hadn't 
forced me to write down my notes so that I had a guide to work from. You're like, do you know what we're talking about? I'm like, yeah, I have, the, I have it all in my head. She's like, no, write it down. So I'm like, all right, cool. Open up your notes app on your computer where we, we record the show. Mm-hmm. And there's this whole note there with a list of all my friends. And <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, but that could have been for anything. Yeah, I'm like, I still wasn't like even sure, right? Mm-hmm. Even even up to that point, I'm like, okay, maybe she started planning something and then she aborted the mission. Um, I still wasn't sure. And then what later tipped me off a little bit more is I went to get a, I went to get a um, haircut that day and usually i meet you after work on friday yeah for date night yeah so i went to get a haircut i left work a little bit early went to get a haircut but that ran a little bit long Mm -hmm. and then it took me a little bit longer to get all the way downtown where you were yeah and then when i got there you were surprisingly chill about having to wait there for a (laughs) while i was like oh crap she's waiting and she i told her you know, the last time I talked to her, I told her I'd be there by like six. It's like six fifteen, six twenty, um, and I'm still not there. Yeah. And then when I got there, it was just like, oh, I'm like, okay, this is this is new. I was just like, oh, hey, babe. Yeah. How's work? Yeah, I'm just <laughs> sitting here chilling. Usually, like if I'm that late, I would have gotten a text and be like, screw it, I'm going home. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. <laughs> yes, because I was trying to bite like time. Yeah. And it turned out to be great because I needed to, like, do my makeup and stuff, which was another thing I was worried. I was like, oh, shoot. Like, I am not the type of person that wears a lot of makeup. I've only Mm -hmm. actually recently started to wear makeup. You're doing the reverse Alicia Keys thing. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. I'm, like, at 28, and I'm only just really now starting to get into makeup. And that's because I've been watching an exorbitant amount of... Way too much YouTube. YouTube (laughs) makeup (laughs) tutorials. Also because, yeah, it's been actually very helpful, I will say. But, so I'm wearing makeup on a Friday night date night, which, like, more <laughs> than usual. And I right. tried to keep it low-key so I just, that you wouldn't be like, why are you wearing so much makeup? I just figured it was because you're, it was your new job. And I know you said you wanted to, like, yeah. put a little bit more effort into <laughs> <laughs> my appearance. your appearance at your new job. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, cool. Okay. I didn't even think about that. That's yeah. a good uh, diversion. Yeah. <laughs> so... Anyways, but you should have at least pretended to be kind of pissed off about me being so late. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard for me. You know, I can't act. I suck at keeping a straight face in any mm-hmm. situation. So it anyway, it was good. He, and he it, knew. And then I just the feeling I got when you walked through the door and everyone was like, "Oh, surprise!" Ah! And you, I just I was standing behind you because I yeah. wanted you to go in first. <laughs> And uh, I just like, oh man, this sucks. We could tell even from the behind you that you yeah. weren't surprised. <laughs> There's like a different reaction someone gets when they're genuinely surprised. Yeah, and it's just like I—that's what I can't do. I can't do the fake surprise. Yeah, um, exactly. Like I was, I was genuinely surprised in the sense, like I was taken aback because it was like it was so loud. Mm-hmm. And then I was like looking at him like, oh, wow, look at, oh, you're here. You're, oh, my God, that person's here. Mm-hmm. Not that it's like, oh, I sh- <laughs> probably should have told her that we're not talking. No. <laughs> but it was just like I, I just didn't expect there to be so many people and yeah. so many people from so many different parts of my life there, mm-hmm. um, which was cool. Uh, and it ended up kicking off a very epic weekend, which Thanksgiving weekend continued yeah. with Thanksgiving, two Thanksgivings. Yep. My mom's Thanksgiving, which was <laughs> – it was – 
a temporary solution. (laughs) (laughs) My mom's oven apparently has been like busted for a while. So So we had Thanksgiving at some like restaurant. Yeah. Generic restaurant. (laughs) And uh, yeah. And then uh, your family's thanks or our family's collective Thanksgiving. Yeah, exactly. So and then on Monday, we flew to Paris. Yes. And now we're here. And here we are. Um, which brings us to why we're here. It was been our, it's our, uh, I was going to say our one year anniversary on the 11th, not the, not the 11th anniversary <laughs> on the first. <laughs> yeah. Get it right together. Yeah. So it's get our it one together. year anniversary. We came to Paris, um, which is kind of cool. Yay. Yeah. No, it's pretty One awesome. year. We made it. We made wedded it. Bliss. <laughs> wedded bliss. Wedded, wedded bliss. Yeah. Um, highlights so far. Well, first of all. Okay, so we got married on October 11th, mm-hmm. 2015. Yes, we did. At the Royal York Hotel in Toronto. Sure did. And it was a wonderful day. It was filled with lots of family and friends and yep. food. And we had a mariachi band, which was a surprise for us. Mm-hmm. See, that was a surprise. That was a surprise. And I remember the look on your face. That you were just so so surprised. Yeah. I didn't know about it as well. Yeah, it was. I think it was a gift from your sister. I yeah. guess right. Um, and we had talked about having a mariachi band at our wedding. Yeah, but we just couldn't swing it with our budget. So That's right. um, that was the one thing that we. I, I don't even know how she knew. I think we might have mentioned it to her. She in knows passing. if it's a Latin wedding, you gotta have some sort of uh, <laughs> like that. That's the one thing that makes it like a a ne- la- another level. Yeah, you know? like so is like the music. That was amazing. That was a really nice gift from her, um, and I think she was stressing about that too mm-hmm. because she had told some of my bridesmaids that she was like, ah, like I don't know, just like little things, like just making sure, like with timing and keeping them hidden. Yeah, and you know whatever it was, so. Yes, yeah, so that was a really great uh, element. We had a live Latin jazz band, which we hired, mm-hmm. um, which are like a really big fan of the particular. Yeah, Hilario Duran. He's yeah. a Juno award-winning artist. Amazing, amazing pianist. And it was awesome to have him at my wedding. Yeah, you were like fanboying. Yeah, I was totally <laughs> fanboying over him. He was, he's like legit, yeah, legit so jazz musician. That was like a huge treat for us as well. Um, anyway, so we're now in Paris celebrating the one year of said event. Were you even happy on our wedding day? Because... What? What? Were you even happy? Are you seriously... Go back... Like, should we go back and look at the the, the film? I don't know. <laughs> the Facebook? And, and there's not one photo in which I'm not, like, smiling ear to ear. Okay. I promise Does you that. Does that mean you're happy? Yes. That... Or was it... Because a lot of people smile, but it's, like, smiling for different reasons. I don't... Like smiling for like nervous anxiety. I don't smile for nervous anxiety, and I don't smile for non happiness related reasons. <laughs> so, to conclude, so you you were happy on our wedding. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> therefore, you can safely conclude that I was happy. I know, but I like you when you say I was so I, happy. What a great day! I tell you that all you're the just time. Saying, like, no, I've said it oh, all the time. Yeah, we're Since here for our, our wedding honeymoon. day, I've said that like I, that was legitimately the happiest day of my life. Legitimately, you always have to add that. Legitimately, because everybody says that, and I don't really believe it. Okay. Because I've been to some people's weddings, and there's no way that, that was the happiest day <laughs> of your life. But our wedding was legitimately the happiest day of my life. Why? 
It was, well, first of all, I was marrying you, first and foremost. <laughs> yeah, and, put that, <laughs> make sure you put that first. And, like, you know, it, it just had, we had so much leading up to getting there in our relationship. It was sort of a long journey to get to the altar, get to the altar or get to the mantle of the <laughs> fireplace <laughs> at the Royal York where we got married. Um, so yeah, so it was a long road to get there. So to finally be there and then to be surrounded by friends, family, like, just like just be surrounded by like so much love um both from between us and be surrounded by our families it was just funny and it was not funny but fun <laughs> funny and happy yeah. and then the uh the party was lit if i can use the term that the kids are saying these days <laughs> it was it was lit yeah lighted is what lighted it is was what? definitely well lit there was lights <laughs> On the dance floor, and it was lit. <laughs> yeah, it was a beautiful day, but and it was and what a great, amazing way to be celebrating one year. Yeah, we're in Paris. In Paris, where now our communication with the, the local Parisians has now uh, deteriorated to pantomime and uh, pointing at things. At that we things want. <laughs> and answering, alternating between yes and no to questions that we don't really understand yeah which is actually pretty pathetic on our part yeah we should just be we... like we're north american you guys gotta speak english that's just the way <laughs> <No>. the world <laughs> <laughs> that's not what i meant the fact that we've actually had formal education in the language of french and we still can't even like we struggle to even make like basic conversation is either a failing on our canadian education system or just like we're the worst no i think it's it's a failure of just practice right yeah it, it's not like riding a bike you do forget yeah um when it's a foreign language you that need to practice yeah you I need find to this pra- even with urdu well like, which is our my family's native tongue yeah and like when my grandparents aren't around and normally they're the ones i speak you know urdu with the most yeah um I am just, like, this blithering idiot. I can't put two and two together. Yeah, because my thing is, is, like, when I come here up to a place like this or when I go to, like, Montreal, where everyone speaks English anyway, even though it annoys the hell out of the francophones, um, when I go to Montreal, it's just, like, I don't want to feel as though I sound like a textbook. Yeah. Right? So I don't want to use the full, like, I want to sound like a normal person. Yeah, like conversational. Yeah, because you can familial. tell, you can tell when somebody, like, who doesn't, whose who's English isn't their, yeah. their first Hello, language. where can I find the automobile shop? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like, it's like, uh, it's over there. <laughs> can you tell me where I can find the library? It's just like. Donde está la biblioteca? Yeah, it's like. Uh, where's the library? Is there a library? What's what? a library? What? <laughs> <laughs> Do you mean Starbucks where there's a bookstore attached? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's what our libraries are. But anyway, yeah, I don't want to sound like a goof in a textbook because I know that textbook crap. It's like it's meant to like teach you like the structure, sent, yeah, like the full sentence structure, but like. It doesn't teach you conversational, right? Yeah. So it's great if you're like writing a formal like letter to the letter, prime minister. yeah, Monsieur le Premier ministre or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah. So that's what Shaq there <laughs> <laughs> um, highlights so far. I would actually pose that question to you first because it's your first time here. 
Um, as some of my, as some of the listeners probably know, I actually came to Paris um, in the summer of 2013 yeah. as like a solo. Eat, pray, love kind of trip, <laughs> I guess. It was a post-breakup trip. However, I had planned it before we even broke up. Yeah. So anyway, it just turned out to be like, well, this is convenient. This, I guess, is now <laughs> going to be my post-breakup trip. <laughs> um, um, so yeah, I, what is your? what were your first impressions? Given that, you know, I think you had your preconceived notions of what Paris would be like. I thought I would be ridiculously bored in Paris by like the third day. Really? Yeah, I, I genuinely thought I would be bored. Um, <gasps> okay, so um, what's I, the I, I like this city. I, I genuinely, I, I think it's got a sick, a sick vibe. Yeah, it's it's obviously very chill. Which what's I, the sick vibe? Um, <laughs> it's not even necessarily like like the vibe. I like the whole like just chilling on patios culture. That's mm-hmm. just like I'm all about that. And the fact that here it's not taboo to do it alone. So yeah, somebody can Paris. just go order a bottle of wine and sit on a patio by themselves yeah. for hours. Well, Amazing. Exactly. When well, you think about Paris, it's like so many writers have even come through Paris. Right? Yeah, so, I can definitely see why. Yeah, you can sit here on a patio and just like be writing away or whatever you're doing and it's not weird. Um, but if you're like in Toronto... <laughs> Sitting at with like, a bottle of wine, a bottle of wine, <laughs> and like a journal. Yeah, like you're a freaking psychopath. It's like plotting wow. your murder. <laughs> I wonder who his next victim's gonna be. <laughs> uh, yeah. So okay, there's that. I like that. Um, the city is ridiculously beautiful, mm-hmm. um, and I think that that is as i'm looking out the window at just like the detailing across the street yeah literally like, like five feet away <laughs> or i guess 10 feet away yeah is like the other hotel or retail yeah it's just another hotel but like the detailing on like the just the window panes it's just it's everything's just beautiful and it's ridiculous it's kind of annoying how beautiful even look everything at this is. railing thing just outside our window yeah. it's got like little fleur-de-lis and like a flower and it's just one this is railing. making for great radio right now <laughs> by the way <laughs> i'm just saying it's like they have detail on every little random thing that you would just think to overlook. Yeah, they're they that's one thing is like the little details that just make everything beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um I love the way the city's laid out and like the major landmarks. I love that like um everything is kind of like symmetrical in the sense that like um there's like these they've made a lot of room for green space, which I'll talk about it a little bit later. Um, but, yeah, they've made a lot of room for, like, parks and a lot of great walkways that just look fa- fabulous right now in, like, the autumn. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that. I like I like the art. I, you know, we went to the Louvre. That was definitely a highlight. Um, I don't think it would have been a highlight had it had we come here in the summer and it was yeah just it would have been a bit of a shit show packed with like tour like tourists I know and I hate saying like oh I hate being around tourists it's like as Weird. I'm <laughs> as I am a tourist yeah right but like I don't like being like in large crowds of people tourists or otherwise yeah exactly um, like lining up for things I think it's really annoying mm-hmm. so the fact that the Louvre was kind of a, a quick lineup thing and then we could just get in there we and didn't sp- even line up we basically just walked through that velvet lineup rope thing yeah just, that's just right and then we through. can spend our time doing like not just lining up to get into the louvre but like looking around the louvre and like mm-hmm. and uh taking in the art taking in some of the history you know i was like i love seeing like works of art at that level and it, like it always amazes me 
mm-hmm. like seeing these like large canvases and paintings. And I'm not like a huge art person to the point where like, oh yeah, see that he's his stance there indicates that blah blah blah, and mm-hmm. the colors are like. I just look at the picture and be like, okay, it's a guy. It's a badass picture of Napoleon um, <laughs> killing a bunch of people. That's pretty sweet. Mm. Um, no, you'll never see pictures like that because Napoleon – and this is what they were talking about. We had the audio guide. Yeah. We actually bought the audio guide because we found that when we went to the Uffizi Gallery. Uffizi in Florence. Uffizi Gallery in Florence and just other museums in Italy on our honeymoon last year. We were like, oh, forget mm. it. We even went to Pompeii, and I believe they had audio guides yeah, there as well. And so we were just walking around aimlessly. Yeah, we walked the whole... Making up our own stories. Exactly. <laughs> and just lots of questions that went unanswered. Yeah. Because, <laughs> like, other people have, like, tour groups and things like that, right? So we didn't have... You know, we didn't do any official tours or whatnot. Yeah, yeah. We just didn't want to be constricted to their timelines and schedules, so... Um, so, yeah, just walking around, like, most of Italy was just like, oh, I wonder what, why, what is that? And mm-hmm. just so many, yeah, unanswered questions. So this time I was like, babe, we got to get an audio guide because I want to leave here having learned something. Yeah. And one of the things I learned is that Napoleon was obviously very protective of his image. image. Yeah. And so he would commission art pieces to, like, retell the stories of, you know, whatever various battles and things like that. Um, that he had undergone and, and either lost or he would just like really fudge it a lot and make the yeah. painters retell the story in a way that made him look a lot more favorable. Yeah. So, yeah, you don't see a lot of pictures of where he's like doing terrible things. No, no, it's usually just him on a horse looking <laughs> Him very, on a horse like, looking victoriously like, yeah. Looking like the emperor. Man. He's so badass. He was so badass. And I bet you he probably made them paint him to look taller as well. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so... Uh, So the Louvre was definitely definitely a thing. Um, Seeing the Eiffel Tower um, was cool just because now I can say that I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Um, it, it, I don't necessarily... I didn't necessarily enjoy the area like right at the Eiffel Tower. It's just kind of cool seeing it from different angles around the city. Yeah, exactly. And I, pre- I think I appreciate it more that way than, like, actually, like, going to the Eiffel Tower. Yeah. For myself, um, the highlights were definitely the reason why we're here, mm-hmm. which was our anniversary. Yeah. So we flew on the Monday night through the night, which was the 10th, and then got here on the morning of the 11th, which is our anniversary. Yes. Just to remind you. Yeah, understood. <laughs> And um, and yeah, so dinner on our on the evening of our anniversary here in Paris was definitely a highlight because it was just so like, oh my gosh, like it's our anniversary, and I was just kind of thinking back to our wedding day and yeah. the fact that we had we had dinner at this uh, restaurant called Chez Francis, uh, which was just it wasn't overlooked, like it wasn't directly next it had to, a view of the Eiffel Tower. yeah it, it had a view of the Eiffel Tower and like a good view too, like you weren't far away like it was actually it looked like it was so close yeah um and then on the top of the hour i think starting at about 9 p.m they light the eiffel tower like it sparkles which was really beautiful so um i think we saw it sparkle at 9 a.m and 10 a.m yeah p.m sorry we were there at the restaurant for that whole time yeah and i think we also caught the 11 p.m lighting as well 
that was like the last time we ended the night at like 11 p.m yeah um yeah and so that was really beautiful just because i had been here like i said for my eat pray love moment yeah and to like have returned to eat and love to eat and love and pray (laughs) (laughs) but in a different kind of way and obviously to be here with with you my husband on our anniversary was that was definitely the highlight and i wanted to keep remembering the reason why we were here like Mm -hmm. it wasn't just like another and like a just another trip yeah so for me that was really special and um this is actually kind of a surprising highlight which i was i found myself like i knew obviously oh yeah the eiffel tower dinner anniversary is going to be really nice we dressed up and everything um for me actually seeing the mona lisa was a highlight and i did not think that this would be the case like it wasn't even necessarily like like you you know you're like yourself. I'm not really like necessarily this like art buff, and I don't know anything about art history. Hence, mm-hmm. like walking through Italy and not knowing shit <laughs> about what you know what I mean. Like we yeah. knew about the Michelangelo David statue by Michelangelo, but that that was about it yeah. really. And so this time I really wanted the audio guide, like I said, and I remember. So we entered the Da Vinci room. Mm-hmm. And I have, like, all these other paintings that really are not very iconic at all. Like, you don't really see them mm-hmm. unless you maybe are an art major. Yeah. So, I remember turning the... Once you're in the Da Vinci room and you turn the corner into what they call a Mona Lisa room. Yeah. And really, Mona Lisa is just the one painting on one blank wall. And it's not even that big. But I remember as I turned the corner, I kind of... Like, my heart kind of skipped a beat. Yeah, you see it as soon as you turn it to yes. the back wall there. Yeah, as soon as you turn that corner, you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. And, you know, like I said, all my life, not really an art buff or anything, but I've been seeing this painting. Did you crack the Da Vinci code? Did you figure it out? No. <laughs> what was the code? No, I don't know. What is it? It's that Dan Brown. I know, note. but what is the Da Vinci What is the code? I, I, there's... Five two nine three. <laughs> yeah, seven. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, so that was like a really surprising highlight. Like I didn't think that I would be kind of like starstruck in her presence. Yeah. Um, but I was, and I was so happy to see that really there wasn't too too many people in the room. Yeah. Everyone that was in the room was basically kind of huddled. There was about maybe a hundred people or so, which is uh, not a lot considering you're in one of the most iconic rooms in this iconic museum in the world yeah so there's about 100 people kind of huddled right at the the most popular painting on the planet on the planet exactly and um i mean despite the fact that the even like the meaning of the like the reason behind the painting and whatever makes it iconic isn't really all that great to me like i'm just kind of like whatever she was like some member of some like I don't know, elite Italian family, and mm. they needed their, like, portraits redone because I think they were, like, moving yeah, or something like that. Classic. It's like a mom that's like, oh, we need to get new photos. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that I thought was because I now had an audio guide, so I was able to know what the actual, like, story yeah. behind it was. So she was just some lady that just needed some chick, needed uh, her painting done. And so some broad, some broad, <laughs> but there was actually in the Da Vinci room before you get to the Mona Lisa room, there was this other painting of another woman yeah. who I found so much more striking yeah. than Mona Lisa. And something about that painting just spoke like it just kind of drew me a lot more, more so than yeah. Mona Lisa even did. Aside from the fact that Mona Lisa is Mona Lisa, yeah. right? Um, the painting itself of this previous woman who is, I think, painted by Da Vinci about 10 years prior and i don't know her name 
was just so much more striking. And it's just making me think, like, wow, this woman was, like, so close to, like, being... Yeah. <laughs> but then I wonder if, like, if she was going to be the famous one, why didn't she be- become the famous one? And why was it that Mona Lisa ended up being the one to get famous? I don't know. It's just so crazy. I don't yeah. know... You know, they talk There's about some drama. <laughs> they talk about the symmetry in the Mona Lisa and the way her, you know, left eye is right in the center or something. Like, yeah, who yeah, knows? Yeah. I don't know. They, the audio guide was kind of explaining why Mona Lisa was like this iconic painting yeah. and something about her smile and all of that. And I just thought, eh, whatever. The painting itself is not that great, but just the fact that it is the Mona Lisa painting. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's so really many others that are like took my breath away. A like if bit. if you didn't know that that was the Mona Lisa or didn't have any context for it, you would just walk right by it exactly. and, and move on with your life. Um, and probably be drawn to those huge paintings. That take yeah, the but if, like world. even as as far as portraits, like, like yeah, like uh, that previous one, mm-hmm. I think you posted a photo on Instagram if everybody wants to see it. Yeah, um, I think that that was a, that was a great one too. So the Louvre was uh, Mona Lisa. Mona Lisa and our anniversary were definitely the highlights. And then like. There's something about Paris. If you've been here, you can kind of understand what I'm going to say. If you haven't, then get yourself here at some point in your life. But there's something to be said about just walking these streets. That's a highlight, too. Like, you find yourself, like, for example, like, in the Champ de Mar area, which is where... um, That's kind of, like, where you kind of pass through to get to the Eiffel Tower. Okay. It's really beautiful because, like, as you turn certain corners, you'll catch a glimpse of the Eiffel Tower. And it's, like, you know, obviously it's up in the air. It'll maybe be a little hazy during the day. Mm. But, like, it's just, like, you kind of realize, you're like, oh, I'm in Paris. And, like, the streets are just so beautiful. The people are so, like, well-dressed and... It's just like a really cool vibe just to even be chilling in a bistro. I feel like we're walking through like a sea of pop culture references. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, whether it's like a rap song, a Kanye West song, I feel like we're inside of a Kanye West song. Yeah, exactly. Or um, I felt that too. I felt so many times I'd be like, I'd recall some lyrics from a Kanye yeah. or a Jay-Z song that or, like refer to something in Paris. In Paris or like seeing the Venus de Milo. <laughs> <laughs> uh, obviously, as a big Simpsons guy, that was that was a pretty important moment for me uh, to see it. In, in, which a missed opportunity, like... Have the gummy. Sell the gummy Venus <laughs> Venus de Milo. Venus de gummy? Yeah. Sell them in the gift shop. Gummy oh, my God. <laughs> Such yeah. a missed opportunity. I was ready to buy a whole bag. Yeah. Like, he wanted to completely avoid the... Because when you exit, obviously, as any museum, you exit through the gift shop. That's right. And so we're like, let's just not go in. Yeah. And he's like, you know what? I just have to check <laughs> just to make sure on the off chance that there is a gummy de Milo. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, no, there were no Venus de Milo gummy. I just wanted that version. sweet can. <laughs> they had these mini colorful versions of them, yeah. but they didn't have them in gummy form. If, if it was in gummy form, 100 euros, whatever. Take my money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So unfortunately, that was a missed opportunity on behalf of the Louvre. Uh, Consider that our gift to you, Louvre representatives should you be listening (laughs) uh yeah i know i now know what the word automars looks like Mm -hmm. what did you think it looked like i i thought it was like auto mars or something yeah like oto yeah 
Yeah, something. Odd, it's because because obviously said in like in the rap lyrics with like an accent and it's probably like Odemar or something. Odemars that Odemars that's losing time. Bending behind all the big rocks. Yeah. So no, it's obviously spelled in a French way. Yeah, I didn't know it was. I had no context for that. I didn't even know what that word meant or was. That's a couture level flow. You know what I mean? I'm not not quite there yet. Yeah. That's so for you, like, so, okay, so going back to episode three, I believe it was, of our yeah. podcast, and we discussed, you know, what makes a city romantic? Yeah. What makes, you know, particular iconic landmarks romantic, necessarily? Yeah. Now that you are here, because in our discussion in episode three, you just couldn't fathom why, you know, myself included and other people and society at large regard paris as the most romantic city in the world as one of if, if a small set of very romantic cities in the world yes okay so um, now that you've been here hmm. what is your impression slash verdict on that matter um i still maintain that there isn't anything inherently romantic about this city okay um but explain yourself like okay let me just Okay, so there isn't anything inherently romantic about this city. What there is, is a city that is, like, beautiful aesthetically, that has placed, like, great emphasis on creating beautiful things, beautiful experiences, uh, smells, touches, whether it's fabrics Mm -hmm. or, you know, like, everything about this city is made to create some sort of sensual beauty as in your senses Mm -hmm. right whether it's taste touch smell sight everything is beautiful um so with that said it's not that doesn't necessarily make it romantic it makes it sensual yeah um whether that translates to romance maybe what what i do like and i think i suspect this is the reason people think this is the most regard this is the most romantic city or one of the most romantic cities um this is what I said before is the green space, like the parks. Mm-hmm. Um, it is very walkable, like mm-hmm. you said. Um, like when you walk through the streets, everything's just so beautiful. Um, there is sort of like a quietness in the chaos sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and like sort of like a stillness when you're walking through some of these parks mm-hmm. um, with like these iconic, uh, whether it's the lampposts that are just beautiful yeah. or you know you catch a glimpse of the Eiffel Tower mm-hmm. through the trees um yeah though the when a city is like walkable like that with so much like aesthetic beauty I think it creates opportunities for romance it creates yeah. opportunities to sit to just stop and look mm-hmm. and I think that may be what what makes Paris romantic is that nobody is really in a rush to do anything other than just enjoy Mm-hmm. Um, enjoy life right now. I don't know when work is getting done <laughs> or, no, or that, if it is. That, I think, is the difference that I've found here in Paris as opposed to um, Florence or even Rome, for that matter, is that people actually look like they have jobs to go to. Yeah. And and not that they're just dressed the part, which is which was the case, I think, in Florence and Italy. Um but it, but they actually look like they have somewhere to be, and that they're to walking to with purpose. Right. 
you know, that being said, there's still very much a culture of sitting at a patio. <laughs> there's like stadium water. style seating. Like you go to a patio and all the seats are turned towards the street. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the patio is packed out, you guys. Like every, like neighboring bistros and neighboring cafes all along a strip yeah. will be packed out on the patio. Nobody's eating anything. No one's eating anything. And with good reason. The food isn't that great. Yeah, and this was the issue we had in Italy as well. And people are always so shocked when we're like, yeah, the food kind of sucked in Italy. And they're like, what? And it's like there is this random, I don't know, cultural narrative that Italian and French food is like so delicious. And I think maybe our palates might have changed as a culture, as a North American culture. Yeah. Because now you watch modern movies and – a date is taking his date out for sushi yeah. or for pho or Indian, right? Like yeah. these are being now featured in films, whereas before it was just yeah. like generic white. Well, it's restaurant. good to see that our ethnic food is making on-screen appearances before <laughs> our ethnic people are. <laughs> that is true. Let's fix that. Um, but yeah, so like I found that the same thing went for here in Paris is like you really are just getting like a roasted chicken with no seasoning on it yeah. maybe some salt and pepper if you're lucky yeah and like the steak that i had last night was literally just a piece of meat that was just not even like grilled pretty sure it was just like kind of pan seared yeah. with like no <laughs> seasoning whatsoever yeah. and that's been the really unfortunate thing and i think i think maybe it's like like with everything else here in paris it's like you have to go to like the extreme high end which is for the, ridiculous. to, to have those so culinary expensive. experiences yeah it's like over 100 euros per person which is like you know and that's the same as like fine dining in in toronto yeah right? it gets it gets up there right but to have these like you know, uh, chef's table type experiences. You need like at least 400 euros yeah. per person. So for like the average person, you're not going to find good food unless, you know, you do like what we do and find a good Indian place. Or- yes. <laughs> yeah. The good thing about like Saint-Germain, which is like one of like a neighborhood here in Paris, um, is that it, we did seem to find a lo- quite a bit of ethnic restaurants. Yeah. There's a lot Thai. of diversity there. Thai, there was an Argentinian barbecue place. There Brazilian. was that Brazilian place, which yeah. we ended up eating at. Oh, we never went to the Argentinian place, did we? No, we didn't go Maybe back. Maybe we should go today. Maybe. Maybe we should end this thing and go right now. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I, I I did find that, you know, in, in even in Italy, it's just the food is just so bland. And the just going back to the whole patio culture, this is the issue we were having is we don't smoke. And really, we don't just drink bottles of wine, like, just on its own. I could. You could. I'm not really a, a wine person. Yeah. For me to have a glass of red, I need to have, like, a steak. Um, otherwise, like, it's just, I'm done. Like, yeah. I'm so lightweight. So for us, like, really everyone else is just going to these patios to smoke and drink a glass of wine and have, like, a little, you know, bowl of peanuts and have a conversation. Yeah. So they're not really eating. And if they are eating, they're ordering, like, you know, little tapa style. Yeah snacks and i was telling will this that the thing is the reason these people aren't having these large meals the way we have like a full plate in north america with like chicken salad rice potatoes all the you know whole nine yards is because they smoke and smoking suppresses your hunger yeah and so for them like yeah okay i'll just have this little thing to munch on like peanuts or i've seen one restaurant had they had a little cup of popcorn yeah and you have your glass of wine, you have your smoke in your hand, your friend is sitting next to you. That's all they want. The so, Holy Trinity. The Holy, exactly. Smoke, popcorn, friend, whatever. Um, 
So they're not eating. Meanwhile, there's tourists like us that are like, ooh, six o'clock, dinner time. Yeah. <laughs> Which, first of all, six o'clock at any restaurant in Paris, it's empty. Like, people aren't showing up till about eight, nine o'clock. Yeah. And even that, they're probably not eating. So what I suspect is happening is they're going to have their little meal, whatever they're eating, at home. Yeah. And then they're meeting all their friends for a smoke and a drink um, at, like, eight or nine o'clock at yeah. the restaurants. So... We're kind of in this tough spot where we're like, yo, we want food. Yeah. But we don't want to spend like 100 euros a person. And then we also don't want to feel like we're not like open-minded. So we're just eating. We're just finding an Indian place and a Mexican place. And yeah. Italian, like, like we can just eat that in Toronto. But like legit, like we are so – there's it's an embarrassment of riches in Toronto as far as like the food culture goes. Like you can have – you can yeah. eat anywhere in the world. Anywhere. Exactly. On any given time. Yeah. Right? Ethiopian. Yeah. <laughs> like where are you going to find an Ethiopian restaurant in, in Paris? Uh, I'm sure they're out there. I'm sure they – I'm pretty sure Napoleon owned Ethiopia at one point. Perhaps. <laughs> but yeah. So anyways, the, the food is really the only downside I would say and it is definitely something that most people don't expect to hear when they hear about your trip in Paris or Italy. Right. Because, the, the st- <laughs> like you said, like there's like this narrative. And like for some reason, um, the French and the Italian, mostly the French, have been able to dictate what fine dining is or what good food is. Exactly. And they just defined it as whatever it is we cook, that's what fine dining is. And yeah. that's what good food is. That's what flavor is. It's like, no, bro. Like, Have you had a kebab? <laughs> yeah. Like, I've had food that just like, it's literally like a party in my mouth. <laughs> like, it's like... All the little flavors are like dancing. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I've, I've, I've felt that sensation. I was like, wow, that's actually like a party in my mouth yeah like just so exciting like the flavors like you bite into like a okay you take a piece of kebab with your naan right yeah and you have the you bite into it you get a piece of cilantro you get a piece of onion you get maybe a little hint of garlic in there yeah some ginger some ginger like there's just so much going on and all that shit tastes good on chicken too so it's like can you just please just throw some garlic on this yeah like garlic guys (laughs) <laughs> there's a meme I was like a friend of mine is a chef he's like uh he put up a meme that's like uh there's no such thing as like a recipe with one clove of garlic if a, if a recipe calls for, calls for one or like there's no recipe that only can only use one clove of garlic mm-hmm. if it calls for one use three yeah unless it's a recipe for how to cook one clove of garlic <laughs> and even then you still use three <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like for in our pakistani food which is where my family's from um we use like literally a handful of garlic per me- like per dish. Yeah. So like anytime we would watch these like Ina Garten. If you're familiar with Ina Garten, then you're <laughs> familiar with French cooking and yeah. like whatever. She would literally take like her turkey, a giant turkey. Yeah, salt and pepper. <laughs> throw a little olive oil on it. Have a little butter, okay? Which I like butter. It has that salty flavor. Yeah, but you got to mix in all the stuff into the butter. Exactly. <laughs> she put a little, smear, smear a little bit of butter, and then like two little like scr- uh, 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 little little turns of a pepper mill, yeah. and then like two spritzes of like sea salt, and good to go. And she'd pop it in the oven. And my family would be watching this show and thinking, what? Where's the paprika? Where's the red pepper? Where's the, like, green chili stuffed in the turkey? Yeah. Like, jeez. <laughs> oh, no. 
geez, nah. So, so we're a bit of flavor fiends, and so going to European countries, although it's so beautiful and we love it, and we've obviously been to many. We're going. We're after Paris. We're going to Spain. We are just yeah. We need that flavor, y'all. Yeah. We should have packed some of that. No, Chalupa. legit. I'm traveling with hot sauce now. That's <laughs> that's just what's gonna happen. Yes, but which hot sauce will you travel with? Uh, I'll bring a case <laughs> of what? Of just Cholula. I'll, I'll bring a case. They sh- Tapatio. They should make travel like size like oh. cases of each one, yes. so that you can bring it on the plane and then spice up your airplane food. Too. Oh my gosh! Yeah, we had like chicken and potatoes on the Terrible. plane, and that needed some hot sauce as well. Yeah. So like, yeah, just like travel hot sauce. Bottles. Yeah, that won't like explode in your bag like it needs to have like a twist twist on lid yeah yeah let's oh, make it happen <laughs> let's call the people at cholula our friends at cholula <laughs> our friends at cholula and tapatio yeah can't you guys forget those guys make it happen <laughs> yeah legit i need to travel with hot sauce now because this is this is un, this is unreal yeah so we're actually headed to spain yeah tomorrow tomorrow um so first we'll be in madrid and then we'll be in barcelona barcelona and uh, hopefully the paella there will have a lot more. I expect more. that there'll be more flavor in, in Barcelona. It's more of a Mediterranean, so there will be definitely more like olive oil, garlic. Tomato. Yeah. Yeah, a lot more of those flavor profiles, which I'm excited for. But um, I, th- I felt like I had good food when I went to Barcelona. Like it wasn't like spicy, but it was like flavorful. Yeah. But Paris has been amazing. I absolutely love this city and I'm so happy that I got to return. I didn't think that. I, I always knew that I would be back because even the first time I came, I, I only had really like two and a half full days here mm-hmm. or two and a half days. So um, it's absolutely beautiful. If you haven't had a chance to come to Paris or if it's on your bucket list, like do what you can to make it happen because it really is one of those must-see places in And now is a great time because... Yeah, avoid the summer. Try to come like Because there's not a lot of, of tourists summer. and apparently with all the stuff that's been going on here over the past year, that there's a lot less tourism to, to Paris. So come now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And yeah, just like... You know what? Paris, I'm not going to lie, is pretty expensive. Yeah. I mean, it's not your all-inclusive Mexican resort for 500 bucks no. altogether. But, like, man, it's, it's, but it's, it's a worth sweet it. city. And, like, I'm saying that as somebody who thought I was going to be, like, bored by, like, the second or third day. And then, like, I was going to want to, like, you know, I, I wanted to take a road trip to, like, Champagne mm. and, like, or, like, outside the country. There's and, so much to do. We've yeah. only really hit, like... Around the around the river, like we yeah. haven't gone very south. We haven't even gotten to the Latin Quarter. I don't think. Mm. I think. Oh no, that we got to Saint Germain. I don't know if that's the Latin Quarter, but no, no, it's like I think it's close to it. But we haven't gotten very south. Like there's, it's a big city. Yeah, it is a big city, much bigger than I expected it to be. Yeah, like you would think you could just walk around and be like, oh, well, we covered all of Paris. But it's very similar to New York in that way, in yeah. that you're really only covering like one little section a day yeah. if that and that's if you're like committed to walking around we are trying to avoid getting on the subway and kind of making too many hopping stops yeah. like we want to be able to walk through and, and like kind of oh like discover random neighborhoods so we, we don't really want to like go okay well let's go over to the let's hop over to the eiffel tower then we'll go down to this and yeah. i think that's kind of this the um the problem you might encounter if you're, you know, just yeah, relying just, too much on subway transit. Yeah, just like because then you're just trying to hit those main landmarks. Just stroll. Just stroll through the city. 
I'm pretty sure we've hit some neighborhoods where there's very little tourists, which is why we're spoken to in French and, you know, (laughs) people there can't speak English and, but it's a very, it's a beautiful city and definitely make it a point to try to come out if you can. Yeah. Uh, But save up because shit is expensive here. (laughs) uh, Next week we'll be coming to you from Barcelona. Barcelona. Yeah, we'll be in Barcelona next week. Um, Really excited about that. Going to go get to see the best football team on the planet play. According to you. According to most knowledgeable football people. Football, he means soccer people. Yeah. Uh, we're in Europe, so we're going to call it football. Yes, football. we're going to go see the Barcelona Football Club. Yeah. And it's going to be amazing. I can't wait to be in there with uh, 100,000 of my closest friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so in, in, in the meantime, we're gonna, we'll, we'll see what Madrid is all about, and then we'll get to Barcelona. Uh, it's been cool hanging out with you guys. Uh, in Paris. Yeah, in Paris. Uh, let us know what's going on back, back home in, in, <laughs> in North America. Yes. Back across the pond. Yes. And uh, we'll see you next week. On the flip side. On the flippity flip. <laughs> I'm Will Ramirez. I'm Octavia Ramirez. Ciao. Adios. Au revoir. And when you speak, angels sing from above. Every day word seems to turn into love songs.